Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is the weekly video games podcast where we give our impressions of the games that you can play today and react to the latest news from the wonderful world of video games. We are here every Monday on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. This week, I am joined once again by our resident referee, it's Logan. How's it going? Yeah, getting drafted in with seeming semi-regularity. Alarming. Is, it is alarming, yeah. I mean, the bottom of the barrel is getting scraped at an, an annoyingly regular occurrence. Well, unsurprisingly, Akins is back in rehab. He's had another <laughs> lapse in the uh, in the programme we put him through. People were querying where the, um, where the booze up was this year and we spent it on his, on his programme and he's flushed it away. Four weeks after going into it, so no beer for the dimp crowd, and certainly no beer for him for the foreseeable future because it's a bit Moorish, it seems. Um, well, it looks like you know we're going to have to put him on some sort of incentivized program where I think... if he keeps falling into relapse, then yep, he gets punished. Well, they say don't punish him. It's like of this puppy. We're often bringing that up. They say don't punish it. Tell it when it's doing good, and then it will learn. But I'm not convinced. I think sometimes they need a good slap. I think both. Well, then you know what you're doing doing wrong and what you're doing well you have to be it's like this these kids if you don't tell them when they're wrong yeah. then they'll never know no they won't and that's not what backhand backhand of cut your nails before you do that <laughs> now your your little intro is resident referee because as we discussed many weeks back sort of brought it up and said you hadn't won anything no but and this is sort of well will pose itself as a, a little small update to the Fantasy Gaming League. You're in the Grand Prix, which is the, the Open Championship. Eight others compete. Is it eight or six? can't remember now. I think it's six, isn't it? Six, there? isn't it? Six others, yeah. sorry. Um, ten games, all unique games, no crossover in that championship. You are sitting in the clubhouse of the lead. So Parky was first over the line two, three weeks ago. Scored himself a respectable 796 it is now. It's gone down since then, but that's what he's at now. You've come along in the last week or so, topped his clubhouse score, and you're currently sitting on 800, so a four-point gap. You do have less subs, though, so you would win the tiebreaker should it go down to that. Adkins sitting on 708, so he's 92 off. And then we've got Paper on 7.03, who, I mean, he's got to get a 97 off his last game. But all going well. I mean, we will be speaking about Adkins' last game, which is Halo Infinite, later on. You could be sitting in the hot seat next year, taking on someone else, depending on whether Biff retains his title or flushes it away to the uh, the rudderless coalition that actually doesn't have a as a leader anymore. So we have to figure that out, but... How are you feeling? This is a good place to be. Although you've been here before several times and it's been snatched away through some technicality or, you know, game just stinging you out of the water. So you can't be too yeah. confident going to this, the, the running, as they'll call it on Sky Sports. 
I'm concerned that my 30-odd years supporting Tottenham has come to not only, you know, represent my sporting failures, yes. um, but actually my life. Well documented. It's like, it's like ingrained, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. It's DNA. Um, it's just built into you lot. Yeah. Um, and as you say... I, I mean, I'm, I've always felt a bit like I get unfairly criticised or, or, or represented poorly in the fantasy gaming league. Mm. I sort of get sneered upon a bit because I don't have that, that quiz pedigree that some of the others have, perhaps. But I do put the time in every year to actually make sensible picks. Yep. Ones that I think, you know, and there is some element of thought that goes into it. It's not just me, as I've jested before, saying that I just chuck a load of games out there and point a point a finger at it and then yep. pick it. Um so yeah, I had a bit of a you know, I've I've joked in the group that I had a bit of a strategy this year, which was a feet up strategy. Um but it, it clearly losing five points every time you do a transfer is not what you want. No, so no. I thought at the start of this year, you know, if I get a load of games that I want that I'm pretty sure would be coming out, then front load it, I front load it, and then that puts your advantage from two perspectives. But puts the yeah, pressure on make... the others as well because they're like, "Cool, oh, I've had four delays. He's had none, and he's already steaming away with it." Well, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's not. The idea isn't to have mind games, really. It's just to, for two reasons: one, to incur less subs, and you know, two, to be a bit lazy. Yeah, you, you could just pick it and then not have to worry about these transfer windows scrabbling around for who's going to pick what no. and whatnot. So, but yeah, it's you know, it's gone. I mean, I, I must be honest. I thought I, it was feet up, you know, a, yeah. a week or so ago. But that battlefield score is really hurt me yeah um, it's tumbling that's the thing it's gone from an 82 and last time i checked just before this recording it was a 69 so it's, yeah. it's cyberpunk-esque when that hit a 91 the lucky thing for chappers last year the webmaster was that that happened three days before the season ended so he mm. banked the 91 then it ended up dropping down to a 70 odd had that happened mm. Adkins would have been sitting in the hot seat instead of him. So there's a concern. Yeah. But all the scores seem moving. The last week, like, I checked Park, is that had gone down three points. Adkins had lost another point off Vanguard. Like mm. I don't know what's happened with these multiplayer games, but the reviewers are taking a bit longer to, to damn them, and they're, they're slowly dropping down bit by bit. I mean, I must admit, when I saw that Battlefield score, I was a bit surprised at it. 82. Um, yeah, based on what I'd heard and seen from when it went live i was i'm surprised actually but then i thought to myself well if it's got an 82 in this state then surely you know it will only go up as they tweak it but it's actually a lot of people obviously a load more reviews have come in and they've you know given it six or sevens which has really hurt the hurt the average but um yeah i mean i'm fingers crossed i can i can see it out but i think it depends obviously on on Halo, I yeah. think, and that could be, could be a really big scoring game. It could be. We'll have to see. I think what's it? December eighth. I think is the official campaign release mm. date. So it only gives it two days to, for people to make their minds up. Although, as we'll get to, Phil's done them a favour by letting this multiplayer go out early, so they should be locked and loaded for that opinion. It'll be a case of steamroll through the campaign, judge the package, and then we'll see the scores roll in. I do wonder mm. whether they'll split it out. Some people, but. We'll see as that goes on. Let's get into it. Start with the game jar. So this is where we discuss <clears throat> the gaming industry. 
some of the news, sometimes one item, sometimes two, sometimes three, sometimes a whole episode full of it. Depends how long we waffle. But what I've been doing is trying to look at where the noise has been. There's always noise in this industry. People complaining, people celebrating in some rare occasions. That's, oh, that is rare when you actually look at the news. People are always fucking whinging about something. And the biggest noise I saw this past week was not the 20th anniversary of Xbox, which was a celebration. It was not the the rumoured and shadow drop of Halo Infinite's multiplayer beta. No. This week, people got to be in their bonnet about the Game Awards 2021. Now, for those that don't know, this is a, a yearly celebration, is the best way I'll describe it, devised, hosted by the well-respected Jeff Keighley, where... For multiple hours, sometime in December, live performances, uh, game reveals, and underpinning this celebration are awards where games are handed out, you know, best of the best, this, best that, and ultimately game of the year. And probably outside of E3, and it, it even might run it close nowadays, we'll see how good this year's one is in terms of reveals and whatnot. But it's one of the big events of the years. Lots of eyeballs. Big old knees up. I think last year, they, they've quoted on Wikipedia, they had like 83 million views in total. And I was like, where are you getting... Who are these people? <laughs> they are broadcasting in China, though, I believe. So that might be... There's know, 2 how, billion. You know, how are we get into India and it inflates our numbers because mm. just the sheer mm. number of people, you only need half a percent to be laughing. That mm. may be what's happening there. But still, it's a huge, it's a huge event. Usually has some interesting stuff. And the noise this year, I feel like I know this happens every year. I don't think it's been to this level though. Is that there's one high-profile omission from the Big Fish Award, which is the Game of the Year. That's the big title one that people who have favourite games and want to want to back them and carry water for the particular game or studio. They want their game to win that one. So here's the nominees for this year. You've got It Takes Two. Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Deathloop, and Resident Evil Village. Now, if we use some of the aggregated review sites, which comes with its own issues, to be fair, um, we always use Open Critic for the Fantasy Gaming League, etc., etc. The highest rated game of the year is actually missing. And it's not a bonus DLC, it's not a remake, it's not a remaster, it's a, a brand new release into a well established franchise. And for those who haven't heard of the noise, that game is Forza Horizon 5. Shunned, is what people are saying. They're saying the Game Awards have shunned Forza Horizon 5. They've shunned Xbox and Playground Games and not getting their roses they deserve. So, that's where we're at. Small context for how the nominees are decided. There are, I think, over 100 um, media outlets and, and They've put influencers on the website. This is written on there, but I don't know. I'd consider many of them influencers. Anyway, 100 of them across the world, mostly based in the US, like Big Guns, like IGN, um, GameSpot, Easy Allies. They're all there. All the, all the main people, you'll see Polygon, you, people you've heard of. And they basically chuck together a list of five top choices for the year. They don't rank them. They just give five, five games that represent their editorial staff. So... I don't know if that goes to one person. There's no, there's no police in it. One bloke might get that and go, I'll put my five on there. Who knows? Maybe maybe part of the problem. But that's how they're kind of 
decided. Whoever gets the most votes in each category will end this, enter this nominees list. Now, I wanted to focus on Forza Horizon 5 because, like I said, the noise was there and the claim is that it's been snubbed because it is, quote-unquote, just a racing game. Now, let's work on the assumption that could be correct. What do you make of that? Is that fair enough because it is just a racing game? Or should this jury, this well-esteemed set of media fuckers, be considering all games from all genres, and regardless of whether you consider it just a racing game, perhaps it should be considered for Game of the Year? Yeah. Scared him with that one. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say it scared me. The notion is just a racing... The, the notion that it's just a racing game shouldn't be calls just to admit it. That being said, I think there is, you know, using, using an example, right, I always get a little bit of criticism or everyone sort of sneers down when I pick football manager every year mm. for the fantasy gaming league. From my perspective... That's an easy 85 plus, pretty much in the bag every year. Year in, like it's year an easy, out. Year in, year out, it's, a, it's an easy pick. But no one looks at that and goes, that is a brilliant game. Or that is a, you know, it, it, it's sneered down upon. I mean, we've joked for years, it's spreadsheet simulator. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's an element of game, I'm going to call it gaming elitism, I think, to snobs. It is gaming snobbery, right? Oh, cool. he's genres. called the whole media snobs. Not all of them. Um, but then if you said to me, like, say I'd played a load of these games, Forza was there, Football Manager was there, you kind of just expect to get, you get what you get out of it and you expect to get what you get out of it. And there's mm-hmm. nothing there that necessarily makes you go, that is outstanding or new or different, but it's just done really well Mm. and i think that's what forza horizon does is it does that kind of casual driving game piece really well it looks fantastic it's got loads of different modes racing features it's got the whole lot there because they knock it out the park every time and i do think there is an element with racing games although that being said i think there's a certain snobbery towards Gran Turismo over Forza. Mm. Um, like if you if you saw that Gran Turismo, you would think, yeah, proper racing game. Yeah. I don't think people think the same thing around Forza Horizon. I call it nerds' um, first car game because <clears throat> it's made for nerds. You can't hack it on the real circuits, as I say, <laughs> and I mean that to be you know to to goad people. <laughs> Because you ain't going on those circuits, knocking off ten temps, you know, per lap. That's the real. That's where the real racers go. Managing your tyres, all that stuff. This is, I don't want to use the word "turn water down," but this this appeals to a much more widespread audience because, although it is advanced in its own kind of area, it's still very simplistic when you compare it to a simulator or a motorsport 100%. game, which isn't a bad yeah. thing. That's just how it is, and that's why I think it's been so popular with players. I mean, it's hit ten million players this last week. Like, yeah, insane. it's super easy to to pick up and and play. You literally just hold down RT on your, you know, you really have to worry about two buttons, brake, well, three really. You ain't got a brake. You just slam into the side of the other cars and they'll stop you. Can you do that. There's no penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah, Max I mean, it is happen like. Come on. But that, I think, I mean, I thought I, I didn't particularly get much out of Horizons Four. I just was play a bit, three. 
Yeah, I did, yeah. So I liked two and three. I was a bit sort of bored of it by four. You was driving around um, bloody England, weren't you, mostly? Like, I've done this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, well, this is what I mean. I was like, it's more of the same. And I think, I think to be fair, you could probably level part of the blame at me. I think I played two and three quite close together. Mm. Um, and then four, by then, four was lurking. So I started on that. But I've seen a few clips of it, and you know, you, you see people driving around and doing what they want to do, and it looks great. Um, and I think, from a casual driving perspective, it ticks all the boxes. And if I was going to pick up a driving game, mm. and I, you know, I like driving in real life. It, it, this is the irony that I think you don't particularly hate. You, know, it. You, you, you hate driving. Hate cars. But you like, hate driving. I like motorsport. But you like motorsport yeah. and then simulators for motorsport, whereas I'm the opposite. Like I like cars and I'll watch Top Gear. Yeah. I'm less fussed about motorsport, yeah. Yeah. But I, and I like more casual driving games. Like I wouldn't want to be dealing with worrying about fuel and tires and all that sort of stuff. I'd be like, why am I? This is an annoying stress. I don't want that. I just want to be able to see how quickly I can get the car that I like around in, in a, you know, and finish first and then move on to the next race. Mm. Um, so I think it does appeal to that audience, but I'm, I think it is that element of, because it, I don't know, sometimes I wonder with games when they're more casual, they lose that elitist, that gaming elitist kind of, ain't considered um, art. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, everyone wants to be, you know, in on the latest little thing. Trendy and, you know, hipsters. Like, yeah, I think there's an element of that. But I think it's really difficult with a driving game. Going back to the original point, if you just gave me a list of five games and said, give me your top five games, mm. I, I don't think I would put Football Manager on it. Even though I love that game, it's a great right. game, it reviewed well, I wouldn't consider that my top game because it's it's kind of delivered what I expected. Right. So it's kind of consistency i guess might go against it i'd pick some some other stuff that i played like do you know what i mean by that yeah yeah i do yeah you kind of are punished by fulfilling just the expectations and not yeah i don't know what you can do in a racing game or in forza horizon's case to make it go to that next level i mean it's technically superb it's solid as a rock as all the foundational stuff that you want from a game of the year Mm. yet people probably just like yeah it's another forza and it's like wow yeah, it's exactly that. And everyone, you know, if you're picking up that game and judging it solely on its merits, then, you know, clearly it it, it deserves the score it's got from what I've seen. I don't yeah. think anyone's saying that it doesn't deserve it. But when you then, you know, pick up other things that have brought, you know, genres on or, you know, really hit home with a really hard-hitting narrative or... Do you mm. know what I mean? When you get those games that might affect you more emotionally or you deem more artistic, mm. then you're going to put that above certain, you know, something like a Forza. Um, it kind of gets that- trapped in that category, like you mentioned about football manager, but also like the sports game category, where they offer usually pretty good experiences in a simulation of ex-sport, well put together mm. and whatnot, but they're just kind of, yeah, you've done that, like you're, you're representing something that we deem fairly easy. And mm. you mentioned about, it, you know, be trying to move genres on or having a really good narrative to grip people in. But what I would say is this year has been, you know, not that great. Like so the nominees yeah. there are, are good, are really good games, all of them, all six of them. I've played all six of them for the, I think it's the first time it's ever happened. Yeah, I wouldn't say any of those would beat anything from the last four or five years. 
So we haven't had when you that. wrote that list off, I thought that's that's you know, it, there's nothing exceptional there. No. Put it that way, I think there's no. nothing that's you know like a God of War and years. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's just good games. Yeah. Um, and even then, uh, an exceptionally well, res- yeah. Even then, it's struggling. But I, I think you could probably say, you know, Football Manager again scored really well this year. Yeah. It's never going to get on that list, nope. you know, because it's not, it's not in the appetite of those influencers to, to declare those sort of games, you know, their game of the year. I don't think. I think that's probably what it boils down to. No, I mean, Football Manager itself is criminally underrated. Um, it never makes the best sports game or racing game category. Never makes the best sim or strategy game. You could argue it could fall into either of those. You know, mm. it's it is a strategy game. You're you're compiling together a a team of footballers based on stats and attributes and, and whatnot. The simulation piece, I just see, I I don't yeah. understand. It's so in depth. If you want to get into yeah. it, like it blows my mind that. But then you know. Chances are, are a lot of these people that are into games going to be that interested in in football or no. soccer? No, it, it, yeah. You know, and it's from the US. They're they're not. It's, it's just not going to fall on the radar. But yeah. with you know, I don't want to detract too much. But the similarities are are there in terms of you know. I guess the answer is just because it reviews well doesn't mean it's going to be on people's list for what they'd consider to be or the most people to consider it to be their game of the year. No. I've seen people say, well, it's the highest scoring game so it should be on there. And Mm. people have to understand that the way this is polled, like I explained earlier, this represents, it's supposed to represent the outlet as a whole. So there's meant to, I guess, have a meeting and go five games. Between the 20 of us, we'll decide what these five games are. Mm. The review scores is one person that gave that score. So... You know, Jim from IGN gives it a 10 out of 10. That's just his viewpoint. It doesn't mm. represent the dozens of others that are on the editorial team. So it doesn't always work like mm. that. But you mentioned Football Manager. It's a good case as to why it's never been on there and why it's not even considered for other categories, which it clearly falls into. Mm. And I was thinking, well, why is, why is this one create all the noise? Because there's a lot of crying about this. Like, you wouldn't believe, Logan, some of the circles I follow. I was like, <laughs> on one hand, these cunts say they don't care about reviews and what these what the outlets have got to say. And then when there's a, an award ceremony created to decide what the outlets and media deem mm. the best game, they go, Wah! well, because it's got a lot of eyeballs, maybe, maybe they deem the show important. Mm. But I do have a theory. I yeah. think that, that it's an Xbox exclusive. I didn't want to say that. I'm going to say it. Um, yeah. And here we go. That they're, they're, they're competitive. They're doing well at the moment. They had an awful generation, the Xbox One. Can't deny that. Barely got out the fucking traps when it comes to getting a game for game of the year. Don't fucking make me laugh. And this was a chance, you know, on a weak year, which we may we've said earlier... To get some sort of recognition for one of their favourite franchises. The noise has been deafening. Now, let's look back for the past five years quickly. I'm going to list off a few games from each year that didn't get nominated but scored higher than many other games that were nominated on the list. So this has been happening all the way through. And you'll notice that none of these games are exclusives on either side. So the noise didn't come with it. 2020, Half-Life Alex and Crusader Kings 3... Again, Crusader Kings 3 is a sim strategy game, snubbed, perhaps because of the genre. 
Disco Elysium 2019, Fire Emblem Free Houses. That's a Nintendo game. Now, normally you get the halls of society going mad about that. No real noise about that. 2018, Return of the Obra Dinn. 2017, Divinity Original Sin 2, Hollow Knight, Near Automata. 2016, Dark Souls 3, Civilization 6. These are all games that scored higher than the nominees that were listed by at least one or two and were snubbed out of it. No real uproar. We get this one Forza game and people are going mental. I think these console wars have bubbled up again. I've been saying it. On those little Jonathan Pye-like videos, I've done on YouTube a couple of them. I said it twice because I could feel it. And it's part of it Sony fans, boys, getting scared that now you know, Phil's coming for them. And the other one is now that the Xbox fans are rejuvenated because they're having a good time. They've got Game Pass, the un... You know, you can't question the value of that. And now the games are coming. Starfield next year. It's all looking roses. That's what I think is happening. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably fair to say that with a lot of the games that have been released across the PS4 era and how good those single players... I think we spoke about this last time, didn't we? But we said Mm. they've kind of been the king of that single player story narrative kind of game and they will typically get better i wouldn't say better reviews but better endorsement from reviewers because they're more popular i mean using you as an example you're you're into that like you much prefer like that 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 single player experience and i think you would say you'd definitely enjoy something like that over rotting on Halo Infinite for ten hours, for example, and you would put, yeah, exactly. So there's there's definitely a train of thought, and I think it's probably more prevalent within the gaming industry that these sorts of games are put above, mm. um, you know, the, the multiplayer experiences or sim sim experiences, whatever. I think that's definitely the case. Yeah, I think now, the off, the outlier was 2016. I think Overwatch won it. And that was a multiplayer-only game. That's probably that's that, yeah. the only one that's been like that. But, yeah. you know, I was talking about the, the console was bubbling up before. Also, mm. I, I omitted these two games on purpose just to drive that point home. But I think this further reinforces it. 2016, Forza Horizon 3 was snubbed. I think that was like the fourth top-scoring game, according to Open Critic. Mm. No real noise there. And arguably, that's the one where it, I felt like it broke through. That's when everyone was mm. going, oh, this is a really good series. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. And again, mm. Forza Horizon 4 2018, snubbed out of it, scored well within the top five and no noise. Mm. But now they've got some bollocks about them. Feels galvanised, these fuckers. They want blood. It's possible. I, I just think but it's possible that, you know, PS4 had the better better games that, that these sort of guys would have preferred. Uh, you know, maybe tides are changing with Game Pass, as you say, some of the... The exclusives that Microsoft could have, the games. Well, they're in a better position than they were year one of the Xbox One. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was and, diabolical, though. And the future is looking much brighter. Like it's looking like they can actually have. It bloody should good, be with the amount of resource they got behind them. Like there's no excuse really that they've let Sony have such a free pass at it. Um, up, it? But it is interesting. I, you know, I'm with with Forza. I think it's probably less around. The fact there is there's more noise around it because it's an Xbox game. I just think it's because a lot of people might have played that this year, and it's for whatever reason. I haven't played it. It's you know 
a more standout game perhaps than it has been in previous years. We mentioned the list wasn't as great. Yeah. And yeah, you know, maybe maybe there are more people that feel more of an allegiance to Xbox this time around than they have before. Yeah, and I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised about that. But it ain't happening. You know, it can it can win best sports or racing game mm. or best sound design. That's what else it's been put in for. <laughs> <laughs> Get those How cars recorded and, and bung got, out. got those exhaust notes right. I know, I know. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting the, to hear the noise from it. It was, um, it was quite a thing to see over the past week. And in some ways, I feel sorry for people, but in other ways, I just think don't don't worry about it. Like this is the ultimately this is the game game media slash influencer award. Like it's mm. not it's not like Dice or GDC, which is the developers doing it. That to me matters mm. more. Like they, like the people that are making the games, if they as a collective come together and say this one, you think, well, probably there's some there's some merit to that. Whereas this is literally opinion. This is all this is. It's, it's an interesting way of looking at it, though, because it. I suppose that then it leads on to the question: is is that the right way of doing it? You well, know, could they do it in a similar way to what we do, which is then go, you know, we've got some, you know, whether you have a category or however you do it, you go well with we've got aggregated review scores here and you know we're going to start giving out some awards to the best reviewed games yeah. of the year maybe, yeah maybe you do that or maybe you just automatically nominate the top score of the year that goes in without fail maybe something mm. like that because that's how it would have got in or i think what would help is if they if they did have some input from developers or publishers some like industry people that have mm. got hands on with the game so rather than it being I think the actual split when it comes to doing the actual award is 90% will be media-driven and 10% will be fan-driven. It's mm. not going to make much of a difference what the Forza fans do. Um, but if they did something like perhaps the the ballot went out, 40% weighted for media, 40% for developers, 20% for fans. Then yeah. you've kind of got a mixture of all the parties that will probably be interested in this. And I think you shouldn't have mm. the fans equal because they can't be trusted. No, I, I was going to say. They, they absolutely... <laughs> They, they can't be trusted to be doing things. Some people are too emotionally involved with certain franchises. If it's a load of old garbage, they'll still love it, it because it's so... Yeah, and it transcends gaming because I remember yeah. that time when I think there was X Factor was going to be Christmas number one. Campaign got set up on the internet to get Rage Against the Machine in. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, it, it, just things like that will happen. People start voting for, for stupid games yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll just make a mockery of it. Yeah, give, I know. Give them a little I, bit I of think, a say. It it would be interesting to then. I think there's an argument that there there could probably be a better pool of games in there because there are people that would probably, or certain development studios that would probably really appreciate an award like that. Mm. Um, they work their arse off to produce a game that doesn't ever get recognised. No, um, just away. because they're not in a certain category or producing a certain type of game. Um, no. Well, look, my view is a marketing show anyway. First. First, it's marketing. Second, it's entertainment. Thirdly, it's an awards show. And I do wonder whether you know some, you know, like a mates club or whatever it is, or you know, certain people have certain allegiances to certain studios and all that kind of stuff. Whether any of that comes into play, never know. They do don't, you? Right? yeah. You never know. Well, that's that. Unfortunately, there is. I think it's a, a player's voice award, so it could get that. I feel like it, this year it will get that just to stick one up. At the game awards, but like, you didn't even nominate us. Now we're going to put this on. Although, is it is it eligible? If it's not been, I don't know. We'll find out. But mm. the actual show, I think, is December the eighth. 
No, 9th. Thursday, December the 9th. Actually, it'll be the 10th for us. It'll be silly o'clock in the morning Friday, but yeah. probably report back to one lost that just as a something to talk about that week because it tends to slow down. Um, let's move on. Xbox managed to celebrate their 20th anniversary. Now, we alluded on the last week's podcast that Halo Infinite might drop on the Monday, the day we released it. Turns out that was true. Halo Infinite multiplayer beta went live. Open and free to all players. So no early access bollocks required. No game pass required. Download and play it, Big Phil said. He said, get out there and do it. Um, before we get into that, because I know you've played a fair bit of it. Considering mm. it was their 20th anniversary. Can you remember what your first memory of Xbox was? Whether it was going around someone's house or perhaps having a go of it in one of the shops. Because I have a vivid memory of mine and it wasn't an impressive one yeah i i i had an original xbox christ um, yeah i did i think i've still got it somewhere um, the fanboys i've been talking about fuck me one of well i didn't i didn't ever really play it that much one of my dad's friends actually had it and he i think he like moved away or something and he said he didn't want it does chris want it and i was like well yeah go on then i'll absolutely have that um so i played a little bit of that but really i don't really remember too much about it it was because i was always playstation so i think i looked down on that as a little bit of a downgrade anyway so i was like oh what's this you know it's not it's not my playstation so why should i be interested in this um so really, and I remember my first proper memory of going back to it was when I went to uni and it was a choice between the PS3 or the 360. Yeah. And I remember having a discussion with one of my uh, flatmates at the time and he was full in on the on the Xbox. And I remember being like, nah, I just don't <laughs> want that. I was like, PlayStation, surely. Like, I was always a PlayStation yeah kind of guy but he ended up just buying a 360 that was that um and that was that and yeah it was uh you know really it was the we played that was the start of pro evo at Mm. uni so that was that was the main thing we got it for but you know the first proper game that i then played on the 360 was crackdown yeah i think like single player experience um and that kicked off uh you know the next what 15 years of love for for Microsoft over Sony, really. Yeah, they kicked it off well. Yeah, I remember I went round Steve Christian's house and he had an Xbox. I had the same as you, I had a PS2 at the time. Mm. Didn't really, I used to play a lot of games, but wasn't really like into, I was like Xbox, like Dreamcast. I'd gone off Sega by that mm. point. I was like, oh, not interested in that. But anyway, I went round there. I remember him, he had Halo on, of all things, and he gave me this fucking great big controller. Mm. Like, what is this? I was like, Steve, <laughs> what is this? Like, That's the controller. Yeah. And I was like, are you joking? <laughs> he was like, no. Anyway, I played about 15 minutes of it. I could not get to grips of it. I couldn't work out how it worked. I couldn't just fathom this ginormous thing. Mm. And I was like, what a load of shit that is. That was the one that's like shaped like a trident, oh, wasn't yeah, it? Shoot, yeah. yeah. Original Duke control, it must have been. Anyway, mm. awful first experience. Like, see you later, Xbox. And then 360 came out. Didn't really jump at that. Still had the PS2. It's like, well, I've got to wait a year for the PS3. Came out a year later. 
eye-watering price. I think it was five or six hundred pounds. It's like disgraceful, was wasn't like, it? Yeah. Right, no chance. Then by that point, people have had the 360 and was like, yeah, Gears of War's good. Forza Horizon, uh, Forza Motorsport 2, I think it was, is really good. Jump on it. Halo 3's coming soon. Yada, yada, yada. And it was like, I think it was £280 that I got it for, which is, I thought, mm. compared to what fucking, wasn't Jim at the time, but it's just for the sake of argument, old Jim Ryan was asking for. I was like, mm. that is diabolical. So I got one of those and then never got a PS3. I borrowed one at the end of the generation and then yeah. they let me down with the Xbox One. But yeah, that was kind of where I got into it. But again, the 360 <laughs> felt like the height, the peak. That really kicked off multiplayer gaming as well, I think, that 360. Mm. Like, casual multiplayer gaming. That I think. combined with Modern Warfare, COD yeah. 4, when that mm. came along, that was, like, that was the dreamboat combination. It was like, cool, Xbox Live and this incredible multiplayer game that was not, mm. nothing we'd played before. Mm. Yeah, I think that... I don't think it would have kicked... For some reason in my head, I don't think it was ever... I always saw that as like an Xbox thing. Like... Mm. like party gaming like yeah. over the internet i never saw that as a playstation no. thing i don't know because their why. network wasn't up to it for a long time no it, wasn't. it was always i remember it being sneered upon like the reliability of xbox's network was just way and above i think even like the party chat quality yeah, which everything. actually when you go back to listen to it, it was diabolical oh, yeah. um but yeah and i forgot about the price difference i'm pretty sure obviously that there was the delay so i think we were talking about waiting for the playstation 3 mm. and then I think I was doing a bit of research into it and it was the cost differential and the fact that the 360s were available that made yeah. us go for that. In the yeah. End. yeah, it wasn't a hard um, decision. Hmm. But there, you, there you go. Well, they kicked off, the, well, they didn't kick off, actually ended the celebration of 20 years of Xbox with the shadow drop of Halo Infinite. Last week I was kind of like, if they did do it, I'd be like, come on, why don't you just tell us in front of time, like, just get, get me prepared, blah, blah, blah. Having lived through it, it was actually quite cool watching that thing and then for them to say, go and download it now, going away, downloading it and playing it that night, that was a cool experience, so perhaps that was that was the right thing to do, absolutely. Um, no, I had no technical issues on my side in terms of networks or things like that, but I've not played a great deal of it, probably three hours tops. I was so bad. I played it on PC. I'm going to have to switch to controller. The mouse and keyboard is not working out for me. But honestly, I'm going to shut up now because I know that you've played a fair bit of Halo Infinite. So what's your thoughts? Mm. Because previously you'd played a tiny bit of the in-flight test against the bots. And the feedback was, didn't feel like a major departure from Halo 5, at least mechanically. But mm. now that you've delved into it a bit more and had some time with real players, do you still stand by that statement or... Um, are we looking at something that's quite a big change and, and a positive thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think from from memory of what I played of Halo 5, you know, in, it's what you expect from a Halo game in terms of mechanics and how the gunplay works. Like none of that's a surprise. So that's, you know, all there. It looks like they've built that out with some, you know, pretty cool power weapons. Mm, I think, you know, yeah. historically it was limited to just kind of a few. Um you know, you had the melee, the sniper, um, the rocket launcher, but they've built that out. It feels like they've built that out a little bit and added a few other different cool weapons, which is which is a nice bit of variety. Um, and I don't know whether it's something that I just haven't explored before, but they've added this kind of new feature where you can pick up dashes, grappling hooks, and all these kind of little things grappling that kind of... Went there. No, well, no, I know the grappling hook wasn't, but I can't... I didn't play... 
a whole heap of Halo 5 online when it was released. No. So I'm struggling to remember if that was there. So you'll have all the Halo fanboys coming in going, oh, it's wow. always been there. But <laughs> I don't remember it. So yeah, they've added in, you know, you can pick up shields that, that provide you with some shield in front of you, some dash, grappling hook, like just to mix up and allow you to change the way you play with that slightly more defensive, more aggressive, um, which which I like. But I guess starting off with, with the technical side, you know, it's it's been pretty faultless. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had no issues getting into games. Nope. The matchmaking seems good. Um one thing one is slight issue we did have the other day, me and me and Pete went to play a couple of games with Hall and it looks like they'd dropped a dropped an update pretty much as we were about to do it. Right. And then we had a bit of an issue with the it looks like the Xbox got the update first over the over the Steam cool. lot, what which is race binned. Yeah, sixty million speed internet. You couldn't do anything about it. Couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, wow. because what it looks the like the Xbox was going first. So yeah, we updated it, and then we had a slight mismatch and issue trying to get get together because we were on different versions. And even when Hall did download the update, we still couldn't get into the same game. But I think that was a slight, um, a small sort of. Anomaly. window where there, yeah. yeah anomaly um so yeah you know i've played it pretty much every day since it dropped um damn yeah it's uh it's it's really good well it's it's really good i haven't you know i haven't played a multiplayer game that's actually made me want to play on my own for some time mm. like i am quite content playing halo without partying up with anyone nice. like, that's a good whereas, sign yeah and i you know i haven't done that in a in a multiplayer game for years i mean it, it i can't remember the last one that i probably did that with i mean i did it with a little bit on black ops but that was um uh, black ops 4 that is sorry mm. um <clears throat> Sorry, no, Black Ops Cold War. So the last Black Ops that was there, I played a little bit of that, but I only ever played Nuketown, and it was just for a couple of couple of games here and there. Like I'm actually playing this because I really like the game, and it's it's buttery smooth. It's you know, it's just it's just a great experience, and it's in a it's in beta, and mm. I just parallel this to the experience I had in the Battlefield one. And also in the Vanguard one, where I cheat as galore in there, the Battlefield one was buggy as hell. And then Halo comes along and it goes, no issues, yeah. buttery smooth gameplay. There's nothing on there that feels ill-balanced or overpowered, no. particularly. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a really pleasant surprise getting that dropped early. I mean, I was I had Battlefield trial downloaded and ready oh, yeah, to rock access and roll. Game Pass was that. Yeah, yeah. 10 hours. So I... I had the 10 hours of that to see what that was all about. Did you get through I 10 hours that. or did you shelve it before 10 hours expired? I, honestly, I played, there's like a little initial kind of training mission. And I think I dropped into one game of Conquest yeah. um, and that's it. And then and then literally the, the, the Halo one dropped and I was like, well, <laughs> I would much rather play a Halo game mm. nowadays. I don't know why. I mean, I I really enjoyed some of the previous battlefields, um, but I've always kind of enjoyed the battlefield war, World War One, World War Two settings. Mm. I think that's what I played Battlefield Four, but I really enjoyed Battlefield Five and One because of that. Um, so I was always slightly less hyped around twenty forty two, um, 
and Halo I was always secretly a little bit excited about. But that being said, I was always I was a bit nervous about it because of everything that had happened in the lead up to it. So I was always worried that it was going to drop and be hugely disappointing. Yeah. Um, but I was expecting, as I say, to have a bit of playtime of of Battlefield in that trial before this drops in in December. Then obviously chucking out a, a, a beta, I was like. Hello. Jump straight into that. So it sounds like mm. the other two FPSs in terms of Vanguard and Battlefield have been that's it now. They for you, for your perspective they they've been superseded and and that's the end of it. Well, I think, you know, the the I played the beta of of Vanguard and I you know, when we spoke about it last I was I was I always said that was on the bottom of the list really mm. and I didn't think it was offering anything new. I think the cheating problem still a concern weapon balancing the graphics looked at that like there's a whole range of things in that that was probably going to make that a bit of a no-go for me and i think you know from what i've seen from people that have bought it and from some of the you know streamers and people that play it it's not one of their better entries and i think you know sales are hugely down on it as well and i think there's a you know everything backs up my thoughts on that is that it's not a particularly great entry for for call of duty in in almost every way um and battlefield was always a bit of a wild card i think in terms of it could be good they've done some things that to bring it on but i think it was always a bit of a a bit a a bit fanciful to think that could become the the go-to first person shooter I always kind of had my hopes pinned on this Halo one, cool. um, but it's, it's exceeded my expectations in terms of of how it plays. Um, wow. So yeah, it's you know, and the big team battle on there is great fun. It's not going to be for everyone. No. Um, you know, there will be people that prefer those tighter, um, you know, Halo encounters. But I think it's a really fun way to play Halo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've enjoyed that. Big team battle is definitely the one because that, like you said earlier, when I if I when I play this on my own, which I did the first night, it's always mm. going to be for big team battle because it's just a bit more chaotic, less not less strat. Well, it feels like it's less strategic because there's more people, more chaos. Whereas mm. if, when you're in a team four v four, if I'm not playing the objective as well as I could, I could get caught out and look real poor. Whereas mm. BTB is just you know carnage you know the the vehicles and the size of the map and the amount of players that are pumped in there that's it's the a lot more of a casual experience yeah so you can just sort of jump in you know mess around go and get some power weapons decide to play the objectives don't play the objectives it's you know it's i i, I find that a more it's a less intense experience in a lot of ways because you're not mm. sort of it, halo can be a really intense game like it, it i played it you know with the other night with p and a couple of others and we did the 4v4 yeah and it is intense like it's 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 it, i come away from it and i was like cool i need to lay down now <laughs> whereas you can play big team battle and just sort of you know almost feet up and yeah. go go and do some you know play it how you want whether you want to get on the back of a, a warthog or go and snipe someone it's, it allows you to play a little bit more flexibly yeah. um yeah, so that's that's good fun. That's yeah. real good fun. But yeah, I don't know whether it's you know nowadays playing on a on a better monitor with a better console and and everything. But it just feels it feels really nice. Good. It's all positive mm. stuff. Now the one piece of noise <clears throat> that word keeps coming up that I've heard 
during this week, and I've experienced it myself in the short time I played, is progression. This was something that we that we both flagged weeks ago when they mentioned it's going to be tied to challenges rather than just match on match kills and whatnot. It's tied to doing specific things. And we kind of said they can mitigate that by making the challenges sensible, introducing real low level ones like just participation challenges, etc., etc. But I have heard and seen when, when people have showed me their challenge log for the next match where it's something ridiculous like blow three people up on warthogs and it's like and it's caused people to play the game outside of the objectives in some case because they're chasing challenge XP and leveling up. Mm-hmm. Accurate or not? Yeah, it is. Um, They've chucked it all. I mean, well, not chucked it, but that's, a, that's the negative, it seems like. It's popping up it is, consistently. Yeah. I mean, I, I still don't understand the mentality. It, it, there's <laughs> nothing. I was hoping that when I played it, I could go, right, okay, that... I now understand why they've done it this way, but I still don't. No. I, I, I don't understand. There's no master why plan, was there? It doesn't seem that way. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, I mean, they've, they have adjusted it based on feedback slightly. Yeah. So, for example, you've got a daily challenge, which appears to continually reset, where you get XP just for completing a game. Yeah. So you get a small amount of XP for, for doing that, but it really is, you know, tied to those weekly challenges you need to you, you need to be doing them to, pro- to progress through the battle pass i mean as i said to you before i've played it you know every day basically since it's been released and i'm on battle pass level four um <laughs> it's it's it, and it, it to your point i'm now at a point where i've got some of these challenges where i'm going i need to you know one of them's you know take out five ghosts which is you know a, a, a ship so i've literally got to go out of my way now yeah because most of the time i'd ignore them because they're a pain in the ass to try yeah, and you kill stop picking like, you a just... fight with them unless you catch them cold you're likely to get blown away and i and i am yeah and i was like i was literally thinking right okay so i'm gonna to have to go and get i'm gonna to have to go out of my way to go and get a specific power weapon on the map to hold and hope i don't get killed to a point when i see a ghost and then actively engage yeah. it and not get killed like it's it is it is difficult and it also makes you play certain game modes that you might not want to play yeah um and things like that so you know i get the idea behind it but i still think it should be over if you want to do those challenges and get extra rewards then that's fine but adkins made a point of you know doing damage to people and you know getting in there and stealing kills and i said to him it doesn't make any difference tom like It, it, you don't get any points for it. You, you literally in the game you do, but if you haven't got a challenge outside of the game, once you once your points are done with, you, you say you finish top of the lead bo- leaderboard, it goes good. It doesn't make any difference to your overall progression through that battle pass. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is. I'd still really like them to 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 renege on that and go back to a standard XP model with the challenges that supplement that. Yeah. Have you bought I, the battle I, pass I, or? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did it. How much is it? Because I, I had a look. I couldn't work it out because it does all that currency bollocks. And I was like, right, I can't understand. I think this. it's seven pound nineteen. Right, I think it was. Um, it runs to May, uh, doesn't it? Twenty twenty two season. I mean, that yeah. seems. In my head, that seems long. I don't know if that's typically long for. A, I think the like Rocket this. League pass usually runs for three to four months so to run for six months is a long time Hmm. but i was thinking about it and at the rate of this progression um 
You You're might need, need six me. months. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's going to take that long. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, it's 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 baffling. The only the only thing I can think of that would play into it, and I think we discussed this when we when you know we we kicked the can on it a couple of weeks back, was that it's to incentivize people to buy these challenge skips. Right. Yeah, you mentioned um, those. Yeah, that's the only, you know, they've got to make money out of it. That's yeah. obvious. Yeah. So the only reason I can think that they've done it this way is to get people to buy these challenge skips so that they can try and progress through the battle pass. Mm. Um, you get a couple as you go through the battle pass, but it's not, not loads. you know, it's it's not loads. Um, and yeah, it's some of them, for some people, I can tell would be a bit of a, an annoyance to try and get through. Um, what do you, you get so, yeah. in the battle pass exactly? Because I've, I haven't got it. I just see I've got a load of challenges to do and I level up. Am I just not eligible for certain unlocks and do I miss out on extra challenges per match that I could be getting? Is it that sort no. of deal? No. Uh, uh, actually, yeah. So you get, I'm pretty sure you get kind of premium uh, challenges with the battle yeah. pass. Yeah. So you get Should more in theory be easier. Yeah. To level. To, for you to level up. And obviously you can get, once you've bought the battle pass, you get extra customizables and things like that um so it's you know it doesn't make any difference to the gameplay no it's no, just no. it's purely cosmetic which is fine but yeah i just i i, I still don't get it and the, no. the the progress is frustratingly slow mm. and it is frustrating knowing that even if you've had a good game where you've got a shitload of kills and you know, done all that stuff. Unless you killed someone with a certain gun, it makes no difference. Like God. that's another thing that I've found myself doing is picking up certain guns. This is all stuff we said weeks ago, so they better not be doing yeah. this because it takes you out of your natural. It does. Way it of does playing. completely, and you you find yourself doing it because you think I need to. You know, I need to tick off some of these. Yeah. Um, and I I really because I and to be fair, I had the I thought Call of Duty on Black Ops did it quite well which was you know it's pretty they give out the the you know they allow you to swap a certain amount of challenges for free um you know the challenges aren't hugely prohibitive obviously you've got some of some of them which are really easy which you get a little bit less xp for and then you've got some of them which are a little harder so you kind of get the flexibility to choose but they don't make it so onerous and i thought Mm. call of duty actually did that side of a battle pass progression and challenges really well and i just don't i really don't understand i'd love someone from 343 to come and go this is why we think this is better for a player like because i I don't think it is is a a spreadsheet of all the micro transactions they've sold and there's the reason well yeah (laughs) but i'd rather them come out and say do you know what I mean? I'd rather them come out and say, "Look, we're giving you the game for free, yeah. so we're yeah. gonna we're doing it through challenges, so that we can make a bit of money back. You don't have to, but if you do, you do. If you don't, you don't." Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a really baffling decision, um, and I really hope they do. They seem to be saying that they're open to feedback, and I'm pretty sure if they say they're open to feedback, you know, they're gonna they're gonna hear it, and the feed, feedback I would expect to be overwhelmingly. It seems to be unanimous, like everyone, even like the yeah. biggest fans, say it's most fun I've had in ages. But that mm. progression is killing me. And yeah, it's... it's exactly that. It is. It's a. It's. It's. It's really good. It could be one of those, you know, 
multiplayer games that sticks around for a long time. And mm. a lot of people nowadays, the problem is with multiplayer, a lot of people go, oh, but it's not got a battle royale. Like that appears yeah. to be like the multiplayer experience that people want to have as well as, you know, PvP. Um, I just wonder whether that might lose them some audience over a period of time if they don't address that. Um, I suspect they'll come up with something, like a mode. Well, it's been rumoured for, for a long time yeah. that Halo would, were working on their own Battle Royale. Whether they are or not, I, I don't know. I would love them to. I think it'd be, you know, an interesting way to, to, to play Halo. I think mm. it's almost, you know, built for that in the way that they've got the different heights and things and yeah. terrains on the maps. I think vehicles. they build the maps really well. Vehicles, the whole lot, it, it almost plays into that genre. Um, but even just playing the big team battle and the and the standard multiplayer has been a really enjoyable experience. And I think a lot of the, you know, everyone pretty much, to your point, unanimously that's played it has said, this is, this is excellent, this is really good. Yeah. Um, I really hope they just do something with that with that progression. Yeah, so just to wrap it up, let's say they don't address the progression as well as they could do, and it's still a different flavour of the same issues you're, you're, you're running into. Mm. Is there a time where you feel like people will get fed up and move on and be like, I can't be bothered to do this? Or have they, do you feel like they've captured the audience enough that actually they could just keep resisting and not making the changes? Or will there be a point where it's like, you know, people will just start going to something else potentially. Well, well, I'll, I'll be honest. I think that you know they hold all the aces in terms of of what's out there. I mean, I think mm. the fact that Vanguard's been such a flop and the Battlefield <laughs> as well, it has. Like in terms of where they're usually at, Battlefield yeah. and and Call of Duty, they're way below where they usually are. You know, and Halo's come along for a lot of people. I think had low expectations or at least lower expectations than than perhaps they previously would and it's it feels to me like they've knocked it out of the experience they've knocked the experience out of the park yeah so they you know i think there'll be more people wanting to play this on top of the fact it's free and they no one has to shell any money out for it it feels like they could dig their heels in with it and go if you want to play this great game you know piss off and go and play call of duty vanguard with those hackers if you want do do you know what i mean (laughs) i I think that they they do hold the hold the cards but i think They've already made some changes to that battle pass. I would be surprised if they don't make some yeah. more. Whether even if they don't give people specific XP per kill, per assist kind of thing, per capture, um, I think they'll do something within the battle pass to make it slightly easier. I've never played a game this long and only been level four in the battle pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've played a lot less Rocket League, and I think I'm on level thirteen of their latest. Yeah, and that's the difference. Well, it's interesting how multiplayer has evolved, really, because at one point there was no progression, really. Going back to Halo Three, I don't remember there being progression there. COD Four come along and went and was like, "Cool, what's this? Leveling up, prestiging." And obviously, as it's molded into, evolved into free to play, it's become part of seasons and whatnot. Mm. But there was a time where there wasn't any requirement; you just play play for fun of it. The thing is, you would all you'd then be playing. You would be playing to level up, to get your next badge, to do this, yeah. to get unlock guns. I mean, obviously with Halo, you don't have anything, you There's know, no guns to, to unlock, progress. There? There's nothing to unlock, no. so everything is through cosmetics. Mm. Um, so to then 
remove any kind of incentive or aim to progress and do it through this incredibly slow battle pass is frustrating for an online game in, in this age, basically, I think. Well, they're in beta, so there's still chance for them to rectify this and listen to people. Let's hope they do, and I'll try and jump on it more this next week, but we'll see. I've just finished yeah. off the game. I think so. they've been, just to finish off, I think they've been a bit sneaky. I think they knew this was going to be a sticking point, and I think they... And we I know think we've got the package, the game, the, the, the good game to play, and we're going yeah. to be aggressive and see what we, see what we get away with. Yeah, I think they they've chucked it out there in in beta. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a beta no. release to me. <laughs> I was going to say right? it's ready, isn't it? Um, it's, it's similar to I said this to you before. It's similar with what they did with Fortnite, where they can kind of get away with it because they go, "It's all in yeah, beta." Yeah, yeah. Um, for years. But I think that they they I get a feeling. Obviously, they wanted to technically try it, get a bit of a flavour for what the community was saying. But I I get a lot. I've the feeling that I get is they wanted the feedback around this progression piece because I think they knew that was going to be the thing that would probably hit them hardest. Mm. Yeah. So it's clever. It's clever from them. Um, but I just I do hope for the sake of, you know, for my sake and for everyone else's and theirs, that they, they make a change because yeah. it is it is an irritant. You've got to be careful, though, because what you don't want to do is be that aggressive where you force, where you're hoping people will buy skips and stuff and, pay for cosmetics rather than progress which is fine that works you know for a little while but if you start losing people consistently buying the battle pass because they don't see value in it because it's so slow mm. to progress that surely is the lifeblood is getting x amount of people to come back each season and keep doing the battle pass you don't want people to get disillusioned with it and think well i'll just buy the odd skin for one pound mm. when i want it rather than just earning it and... Well, yeah, I mean, I think they've, they've got the Battle Pass piece right. They've got everything there right. Yeah. It's just the incentive to progress through it. Uh, either they've got to make... I mean, what I think what they've got to do... I mean, the actual gap, the XP gap to level up isn't that big. Right. The problem is, is that little, it takes you... It? We, because you don't get anything for doing the games and you're completely reliant on completing challenges... If you if you just want to, for example, jump on for a few games of big team battle, mm. you might not complete any challenges. No, like, and this anything. is, and then you don't get anything, and that's the difficulty with it. So it's, it, it really does force you to play the game how the challenges are set, which is a which is not you know what people want to do. But yeah. we'll see, we'll see what they they do over the next couple of weeks. No, fair enough. Um, PS Five turned one in the United Kingdom anyway. We got it a bit later, nineteenth of November as opposed to the uh, 12th, which is when US, Australia, and a few other zones got it. So I wanted to give a little shout-out to that, give my high-level kind of perspective on their first year. Pretty decent. Been pleased with it. Had a lot of bad press this year, though, Sony. Lots of inside-the-industry kind of negative headlines. I remember the first one being about... Days Gone 2 being cancelled and people were in uproar about that. And I was like, I've never seen the noise generated from a mediocre game not getting a sequel. I've never known anything like it. <laughs> I'm hope- I was hoping you were going to call that a mediocre game because I didn't it play it. But I, know it didn't- I know it didn't really hit hit the notes that a it's- lot of people were hoping it would. It's fine, but to 
cry about not getting a sequel. I'm just like, what are you guys on about? And that whole headline from Bloomberg, I think it's Jason Schreier, had a undertone of, and the suggestion was Sony only care about big blockbusters. So if you don't make your money, we're billing you. Which is set the, which is ironic that that one message seems to have set the tone for the entire year. It felt like it happened quite early, and then you see in articles and in decisions that you see played out in the public, they're like, well, they're they're going down this blockbuster route. And I just think, I don't know if I believe that. They they're building a new VR headset. That ain't a blockbuster. That's a fucking shitload of money to be squandering away. That's a whole yeah, it's- new hardware line. The thing, the thing is, is that it's like, you know, they're a business. Well, yeah, right? so is that as well? If there are games, if there are games that don't do, that haven't done well, You're it's gone. like a film. Well, it's like, yeah, it's films that don't do well generally won't get a sequel. No, right? Games that don't do as well won't get a sequel, especially if they've got other things that they'd rather plough their money into mm. than making sequels to games that, you know, weren't blockbusters, for want of a better term. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, game companies going out and going, we only we don't want to well, continue. We just, to- we just think about Halo Infinite. The reason they're doing that is yeah. to extract money. It's not... Yeah. It's, not- <laughs> it's, it's a business. It's like, this isn't... It, I don't know why people struggle with this sort of stuff. Like, this is a business that's trying to make money. They're not, mm. you know, they want to give a good product, but yeah. they, they want to give a good product to then generate more revenue. Obviously, yeah. you know, the people that are developing it want to be proud of what they develop. Yeah, I mean, but really, you know, that's the that's the name of the game for these, right? The 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 catalyst of this was Days Gone Two being cancelled, and I was like, well. Mm. It weren't very good and didn't sell very well. I don't know why you would be that offended by it. But they had more, mm. had more disasters. Well, not disasters, but more bad PR. We had this confusion around PlayStation 5 games coming to PlayStation 4. So they'd made that mm. big statement prior to launch saying, right, we believe in generations, you know, yada, yada, uh. yada. And everyone was like, well, Phil said he's supporting Xbox through. It's like, we're not even going to get next-gen experiences on the Xbox. And it turns out... Eight out of like the ten games that Sony have been pumping out are all coming to PS4 anyway. So that to backtrack that. Then you had like the paid upgrade paths they've been doing. That to mm. backtrack on Horizon Forbidden West because initially they said you'd better play that for free, and then they've had to backpedal on that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then the ultimate one, which has been there since day one, was the the seventy pound price point for these first party titles. They decided <laughs> yeah. to up that. Like something like Elden Ring, which is highly anticipated for next year, forty nine ninety nine on that PlayStation store. Horizon Forbidden West, seventy UK pounds, a twenty pound mm. price gap in two AAA titles. That one, they'll probably score around the same review wise, but yeah. you know, in terms of quality, they're both up there. So they've had some bad headlines to deal with. Like I said, they're probably not as focused on the smaller games as what they have been, but. You know, they've they've clearly built up a relationship with Ember Labs to release something like Kena. That's a much smaller game that's come out and, and, and done really well. And we'll just mm. see how they operate. But it's they've had a had a few negative headlines. In terms of the hardware, pretty good. I like the dual sense. I've really, really enjoyed that. And um I think generally they've had a decent output of games. Not been incredible, not had many of their big hitters actually. But still, people forget they've had a fair few games going back from the launch of this thing, like that aren't appearing elsewhere. And um, uh, I think 
it's been a difficult. Well, it feels like it's been a difficult transition from them from the four to the five. Mm. Um, it's still it's, can't get hold of it though. So no. all this stuff I've just reeled off. You can't you can't get your hands on one. It's like well, no. Um, you can, we've spoken about this before, but you, you absolutely can. You just got to be lucky. If you know where to look yep. and be patient and keep your eyes peeled, it's it's there. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know I I like my PS5. Um, I think that controller is excellent. I mean, when I played Astro's Playroom on it the first time, I was like, cool, what's well, all this it's doing? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I like, the f- I, like, I like playing that little game. I like playing it. Um, it's a nice little introduction game just yeah. to get you on there. I, I, I don't mind it. But yeah, I thought that controller, it feels nice. I think... You know, I don't particularly like the look of the PlayStation Five. Oh, no. yeah, a... I don't know what they were thinking when they when they designed well, that. Well, this, this is the thing: it's brute force approach, wasn't it? So we can't get it to effectively get rid of the heat. Let's just make it as big as it needs to be. And that's... I don't even mind the fact that it's big. It's just a weird. I don't know why they've gone to the effort. The the biggest thing that baffles me is why they've gone to the effort to make it this peculiar shape, which then means they've got to give it a peculiar stand. <laughs> Like, I, I it don't, don't look understand. right on its belly, does it? It don't look. It's, it, it, no, it looks laboured. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't look right, and yeah, I don't understand that. But I like the fact that they've given some of those. You know, um, I can't remember what they call it now, but basically like God of War, Spider Man, all that. You can play that for free if you didn't play them on the PS4. You can oh yeah, bang the them PS, with your PS5 Plus collection. Yeah, that's it. The collection. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little thing for them to do. Um, but they need. I feel like they need to give a bit more back to the gamer i think that's the one thing that xbox is starting to do really well is mm. make you feel like you're getting value yeah, yeah i think absolutely. that's the one thing that playstation are, are struggling with is making the user feel like they're getting value yeah. um how they do that i don't know but it's difficult because um, they don't have as deeper pockets as microsoft no and- uh, you know, arguably that will that pays dividends for the Game Pass. I mean, Phil's come out mm. this past week and said it's sustainable. Didn't say profitable. He just said, I don't know we, how. He said we can carry I, I on really doing. Well, know. maybe they've just set aside saying you know sustainable can mean many things. It doesn't. It just mm. means that it can carry on in, in its current state. Whether that means it's losing, I don't know, ten percent or whatever it is. It's not a, not a concern. But they've got they've got the backing to do that if they wanted to. Whereas Sony are like, well. We need these need these big games we to hit. We can't be giving them all away for nothing. No, we can't. It's not, it don't, doesn't work like that for us. So they're in a bit of a, a tricky position. But yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I really like the dual sense. I've really gotten well of that. And like I said, the software library has been pretty pretty decent. Um, the dual sense has become more of a factor than I thought it was going to be. I just don't. There doesn't seem to be much parity in performance. You know, like there was with Xbox One and PS4. Like the PS4 was always better than it and mm. i'm less sort of interested in like oh this one's got more pixels now at 400 percent zoom and it's like <laughs> if it has decent haptics or adaptive trigger support i'm more interested in playing it on the playstation because of that but yeah. the first question yeah. is always is it on game pass because that overrides yeah. it all if it is it goes well well it's because it's like, back in pocket nothing. and don't leave don't bring them out of money so you don't need to yeah that is a problem for them no. I, I, I don't i I don't know why they combat it. I really no. don't. I, I, I've been wondering how they 
because you know the, it feels like they've got to do something. I mean, they obviously copied the, the PlayStation games you get every month from Xbox because mm-hmm. Xbox started doing that. Mm-hmm. So they seem to follow suit on some stuff, but I think it's going to be really difficult for them to have such a huge library of games you can download for you know at tops. I think it's like eleven pound a month. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just ludicrous value. I still um, think it's, it's, you don't need that many games. Like, could could PlayStation get away with? Giving you a service that had thirty games, but there were thirty great games, rather than two hundred of whatever. Well, I think if you said to me for eight pound a month you could have access, I don't know, five pound, six pound a month, a small monthly fee to have access to those PlayStation Plus collectors edition, like collectors games. Yeah. yeah, I probably would have at least gone in there to play a couple of those. So you kind of think they could have done that. But and whether they use that to expand on that and add some games, PS3 games. I mean, this is the thing that Xbox do really well, right? Is that mm-hmm. they make their whole library pretty much. If you want to play it's any available. of these games, they're available. I mean, they obviously add some and take some away and they keep it at a manageable level. But there's a whole range of games in there that you can pick up and play if you fancy it. Yeah. And I wonder if PlayStation could do something along those lines, but... Um, they just added yeah, another 76 games to backwards compatibility Xbox on the 20th anniversary. So, well, they did say that's their last one. They've sort of drawn a line under it now. And I was like, don't say that. Like, even if you're planning to do it, don't tell people that. <laughs> but, yeah. but that's still another huge haul. Yeah, you're right. They've got a whole, going back to the original Xbox, sort of tying the episode mm. together, that you can play games all the way back there. The PS3 backwards for the PlayStation audience is gone. Like, it's just evaporated because... The uh, the cell processor seems to be unmanageable. They can't emulate it on on current stuff. But both consoles themselves this year, I mean, the, the huge pluses I've seen are around load times, um, uh, the sixty FPS that seems to be standardised across most games. It's an option. Hmm. Uh, the back catalogs play better than ever. So that's where I feel like actually, although both consoles have that ability the Sony side of things is far stronger because the back library of the PS4 versus the Xbox One, as we've discussed, not even close. So Mm. I can now revisit all these games that I loved and played for the last seven years. They've they've patched all the big ones, most of the big ones, to 60 FPS. That makes it it feel better. And I looked on Phil's side and I thought, what would I go back and play out of that? And I was like, there's nothing. There's nothing from that Xbox One (laughs) generation that I'd want to go back and play. And that leads nicely into the final part because I went back and played Horizon Zero Dawn because they released the uh, the the new unlocked frame rate 60 FPS patch for the PS5, and mm. I thought, well, I played this game back in 2017 when it came out. I think a week and a half later, Breath of the Wild came out, and Ronnie breaknecked it. He got mm. he got 60% through it and then steamrolled the last 40% just to get it out of the way with so he could play. Zelda, which was a mistake because that wasn't even that good mm. in my opinion. So I was always a bit aggrieved by that. And then I was waiting and waiting for this patch because I kind of knew they were going to do it. I knew eventually they were going to do it. And then lo and behold, six weeks ago, they kind of did it. So I jumped mm. back into Horizon. I'd not played the DLC. And um, it was a really pleasant experience going back and played that. 70 hours I dumped into it over the last few weeks. I bet that looked great though. It, look, it still looked... And they haven't done much graphically. Mm. I don't think they've actually tweaked anything. They've just made it run at 60. But that, and for some it reason, still that, looks stunning, that game. Yeah. It really mm. is 
for that world, given how big it is, and mm. the level of interactivity you have in terms of the combat, it's it's incredible. Mm. Um, really good. Like Forbidden West is supposed is due to be out in February. This was a great primer. It was good reading some of the notes actually because they mentioned the Forbidden West, and you'd never pick up on it on the first playthrough because we didn't know the next game was called that. But it calls mm. out specifically like, oh, don't be going over that side. There's people who go out there and don't be seen again. And I was like, oh, I've already been laying seeds in that no one kind of knew about. Um, mm. But really, really still a great game. I actually think that I, I definitely enjoyed it more than my first one because I wasn't breaknecking it. I really got to spend mm. time exploring and platinumed it as well. So I've got the platinum trophy for that. Cool. And, um, the, the the new content that I played was the, the Frozen Wilds DLC, which isn't set after the game because it was the game came out finished it walked away a few months later the frozen wilds come along so you kind of expect it to be set post game but it's actually not it's actually something you do during Aloy's sort of venture between the start and the finish and it really slots in nicely towards that it gives some great little extra added bits to kind of the main game in terms of story and a little bit of character development for some of the characters um, but this this DLC is tough. Like the the machines that you take on in in the frozen wilds are they're double hard. <laughs> they really are. They only introduced I think three new uh, machines and like a tower type machine that heals them. So you mm. kind of want to go in there, destroy the tower, and then they can't reheal the the mm. machines around them. But the ones they've introduced, they are they are tough. They are really difficult. And you can see where it came out chronologically. Like most people would have finished the game by this. So they would have been like level 50, level mm. higher than that. And I wasn't. I went through this sort of almost as intended, you know, canically because it happens during a journey. And I was, mm. you know, I was above the le- I was above the level cap for most of the quests. Like I was level 40 when I rocked up and started doing it. And the, mm. the quest was like level 30. And it was still bloody hard. Like it really, it really tested me, um, mm. but no good little story. Some nice little side quests that, that build out some extra lore. bit of a different pace. Like the, a lot of the quests, be it side or main quest takes, take place inside buildings or structures. So it's obviously the, mm. the open worlds there, but you'll, you might go to an area and then you'll go inside, I don't know, a dam or something. So it's a bit more tighter kind of, combat arenas to to go in Uh, there's a new map it's probably about 25 percent of the of the main map and it's it's attached just on top of the main map so there's no um no loading screens you just climb and walk up there and it's there it's like a little section only criticism Mm. with that is that it is all snow and like that's part of like probably about 40 percent of the landscape in the main map so you've kind of seen it all before Um, yeah they reuse the same puzzle over and over, not the solution, but the same type of puzzle. And it's one of those ones where you've got like a, I don't know, like an energy source and you've got a node that you can turn. It'll, then it'll go that direction to another node and you have to string the nodes together so that the light gets round and goes to a central point and there's like nodes that have got red bits on them, etc., etc. They reused that about four times during the game. And I was like, this isn't in any of the main games. Someone clearly decided, oh, I like the idea of this little puzzle. Bung let's, that in. let's bung that into all of them. But... Yeah, it's um, it was really good. It was it was it wasn't really good. It was decent. It was certainly um difficult, like I mentioned. 
like adds expands slightly. Like no, there's a few new weapons that you can unlock and, and go through, but I quite, I quite like the way it just slotted into the main game so nicely. And even like later story missions will mention the events of the Frozen Wilds that weren't there first time. So that mm. was quite interesting. And uh, overall, as a DLC, pretty decent. You know, if you've not played it and you've played the main game, I'll say get on that. Um, it will test you because it's it's pretty difficult. But mm. I'll give it a nice 8 out of 10. Not bad. Yeah, it's, I'm surprised. I did... I saw you going back and playing that. I was thinking, what's he doing back on that? Obviously, now understanding that Ronnie needed to go back there, it makes more sense. But uh, I didn't know he didn't play the DLC as well. So, no, yeah, but that was, it's, it's always nice, I think, now, like to play things in 60 FPS. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd go to it and I'm like, I don't know how I've coped. <laughs> it's always funny, isn't it? How you, your brain just resets the baseline. Like well. it goes, like, the baseline has to be 60 now. I'm about some to reason. test that notion because Mafia Definitive Edition is on PlayStation now. Mm. And that was, that's queued up, ready to go now that Horizon's kind of wrapped up and the Platinum's done. Mm. That doesn't have any enhancements to the PS5 version or the Xbox Series X version, mm. if you get that. It's 30 FPS only. So mm. we're going to see whether that brain of mine can adapt or whether it notices it and it can't get over the fact that it's. It's 30 on that. And it's it's my own fault because I lined that game up to play well before the console released and I mm. sandbagged and put it off and put it off. And now, a year <laughs> later, I'm in this situation where I've played nothing lower than 60 and mm. it's going to, I would imagine, have a, a have a detrimental effect on my my opinion of the game. But we'll see. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll just be able to slot back into it and, and whatnot. But it's, I think uh, it's doable, but yeah. I think you still sit there. I think it's always going to be in my mind now when you, you know 60 feels like the baseline of buttery smoothness yeah. i mean i don't know any more than that because chances are i'm not going to get it for a little while yet on this on these consoles everything seems to be baseline 60 some do 120 don't they like you can in some games switch on 120 i don't mean it's not locked but you can i've got it there available yeah. so i'm just like give me the maximum obviously choose get i change games to be performance not quality as well so i should get it if it's available um, but yeah, it's it it feels like anything lower is going to be noticeable. Mm. I, I think dependent on the game is whether it affects your experience or not. But I think it's always going to be one of those things that you see and you go, "Cool, yeah. wish this was, wish this had 60. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, that's it. Horizon was good. Frozen West, uh, Frozen West, Frozen Wilds are good, and um. I'll be looking for something else to play, likely to be Mafia and a bit of Halo. So that's where it's going to go. But I think that's it for this week. Stepped in nicely. Awesome. Overrun. but Always do. That was to be expected, I guess. I should have, should have just, I just accepted that was going to happen. <laughs> rather than look at the clock every five seconds. But thanks for joining me at short notice this week because it was, uh, wasn't the normal stretched out level of notice. We've... Atkins has let himself down again, so he's going to have to have a back in the boardroom, back in the disciplinary meetings, and HR will have to be doing it. No unions to protect him this time, so we'll see what comes of that. But uh, I appreciate your time. No worries. Always a pleasure. Excellent. Everyone that's watching or listening, as you know, you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash digital. That's the place where you can become a part of the community. 
or you can go to twitch.tv slash dimpdigital, subscribe to the channel, or if you've got Amazon Prime, you can link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account and subscribe to that. And it's a freebie for you. For us, we get a beer. Well, half a beer. quarter of beer. The way it all translates at the end of it. So if you want to do that, feel free to. If you're a slug and you don't want to or can't afford it, fair enough. We uh, appreciate you giving up some time to listen or watch us today. And we hope you have a good rest of the week. Nothing more for us to say here, though, other than thanks for your time. And ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.